And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everybody. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll salute the upcoming St. Patrick's Day holiday on the Abbott and Costello show from 1949. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek. We'll play audio clips from popular TV shows, and I'll try to name the show while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right. So this edition of TV Jeopardy is simply shows from the past that I appreciate. Oh, okay. Yeah, just good shows, all different decades. Yeah? A little hodgepodge. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first show was on uh, from 1976 to 1983. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel. I know that one. I definitely know that one. And? Um, that's, um... Um, um... That's the one. Here, I'll give you... Laverne and Shirley. Okay. Shirley. You need a little memory boost there. That is absolutely right. Spin-off of... Um, Happy Days. That's exactly right. And do you remember the name of the fictitious brewery in Milwaukee that um, they worked at? I yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember now. It was Shots Brewery. Shots right? Brewery. Yeah, so yeah. So we had Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams, right. and Laverne and Shirley, and they were roommates. And um, I don't know. That was they one of those great. shows. Eight seasons on ABC, seventy six to eighty three. Loved it, loved, loved it. it. Yeah, me too. It so was really good. Thought we'd uh, revisit their little opening there. Mm-hmm. All right, here's another one that we both love. This was on NBC from eighty nine to ninety eight. Tuna toast, coleslaw, cup of coffee. Yeah. No, no, wait a minute. I always have tuna on toast. Nothing's ever worked out for me with tuna on toast. <laughs> I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast. Chicken salad on rye, untoasted, definitely with a this. side of potato salad. Definitely know this. <laughs> In fact, that's my good buddy, Jason Alexander. I know, and as I was listening to the clip and loving Jason Alexander, yeah. I thought, this is the clip that we did. That's Seinfeld. It is Seinfeld. I am still a huge fan of Seinfeld. Still yeah. watch it at night um, yep. in syndication. Yep. Yep. And that was created by... That's created by Larry David. Larry David and, and Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Exactly. Jinx. On for nine seasons. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? I said Jinx. Oh, I didn't know what you said. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, the cast of characters is really something else. So my favorite, of course, is Jason Alexander, and I'm still waiting to meet him. So if you can make that happen. Next time he's in town, I'll give you a call. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just call my agent and we'll see if we my can work good it pal out. Jason. Yeah, <laughs> did a bunch of Twilight Zones for I me. Know he did. He's been on the show many times. He's just great. Love he, him. I mean, I just love him from the He's show. He's amazing. So he really is. All right, another one I love. CBS from 1975 to 85, 11 seasons. What are you doing home so early? I got a business appointment coming up here. An advertising guy. Ooh, I wouldn't trust one of them. Who asked you? I wouldn't believe nothing them advertising folks say, especially in them commercials. Look, you just get back to work. Advertising is good for business. Hmm. All I know is none of them detergents ever turned my hands soft and white. <laughs> um, is that the Jeffersons? It is. Oh, okay. That absolutely is the Jeffersons. Yeah. So we have George and Louise Jefferson, and, um, you know, they moved from Queens to Manhattan. And he had a drink. Moving on moving up. up. Moving on up. To they, the side. To the side. What? To a deluxe apartment, apartment in the, the sky. sky. That's the one. Yeah. So George had a dry cleaning chain. Yes. And um, they were talking about that in the clip. I thought Wheezy. that would help you a little bit. With hey, Wheezy. Wheezy. And this was a spinoff of? Um, uh, that was uh, All in the Family. Exactly. Of all so they family. were the neighbors of yeah. uh, Archie and Ian. They were. Yeah. Created by Norman um, Lear. Yeah, Norman right. Lear. Right. Exactly. Right. So these are some wow. great ones. And Norman Lear created so many shows. Oh, I'm so sure many that great he shows. had a Lear jet. Um, probably. And I'm sure, huh? ding, ding, ding. And I'm sure that he's listening right now and he's appreciating oh, yeah. that compliment. One more for you. Okay. We're bringing you a little bit more modern of a show, but one that you know and love. All right. Yes, it is true. I, Michael Scott, am signing up with an online dating service. Thousands of people have done it, and I am going to do it. I need a username. And I have a great one. Little Kid Lover. That way people will know yeah, exactly Yeah, in my opinion, my Lisa, the funniest show in the history of television. You this, think this is the number yes, one this show? This is the funniest show. Well, I love it, but probably not as much as you do. I would have to say this is my favorite, or All I think time? the funniest show. Yeah. Wow. I mean, well, it's up there with Seinfeld. It's up there. It is up there. We're talking there. about The Office. We are talking about The Office. This was airing on NBC from 2005 to 2013. Yeah. And nine seasons. Of course, I'm still watching it today as oh, well. so great. And so do you remember the name of the fictional paper company? Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin. You know, it's funny. You can't think of what you ate yesterday for dinner, but yeah. you've got Dunder, Dunder Mifflin. Oh, yeah. In your brain. And, of course, the original cast was Steve Carell. With yeah. The, well, I really only like the Steve Carell ones. All yeah, the rest, I know. I'm not too I know. crazy That's about it. it. Rain Wilson But, like, I could watch all the Steve Carell ones I agree over and over and over. You know, it's funny. Um, I've been doing a bit of traveling, and every time I go on the airplane, I watch, I watch The Office. Oh, you have it piped in on your private chat? Yes, that's what we have on. We've got like a big screen on there. Yeah, oh, okay. So we can. Um, You've never invited me office. on that plane yet. So. I know, you know, you'd have is to that help ever pay for happen, gas. Or the what? gas is a really big cost. Okay. And I would need you to pitch in. I'll and pitch I know in. that you're kind of tight with your dollars. I'll pitch in a little. <laughs> I mean, it's going to cost more than five bucks. So I'm not sure you're going to be up uh, for the ride. But, you know, if you want to save up all your money, scrape yeah. and save, maybe you could help me all out. All right. A well, bit. thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Great Carl. Job. It was a lot of fun. Enjoy thanks taking so a much. walk down memory lane. When we come back, It's the Bud Abbott and Lou Costello show, so stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. 
All right, Lisa, we're back. This is Hollywood 360. We're on hundreds of radio stations uh, coast to coast, playing all your favorite classic radio shows. And, you know, St. Patty's Day is right around the corner, and this Bud Abbott and Lou Costello show starts out talking about St. Patrick's Day, so we thought we'd play it. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello were uh, partners for over 30 years, beginning in 1929. Abbott, of course, was the straight man. Costello was the bumbling, wisecracking man-child. And they uh, began in vaudeville and burlesque way, way back. And their appearance on Kate Smith's radio show in 1938 led to their own radio show. And they achieved national recognition with their famous Who's On First routine. Their radio show began in 1940, lasted all the way until 1949. They also produced and starred in many feature films for Universal Pictures from 1942 until 1947, and their TV show ran from 1952 until 1957. This Bud Abbott and Lou Costello episode is from March 17, 1949. Here's part one now of the Bud Abbott and Lou Costello show. Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure with chuckles with a carload and music by Matty Malnick. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Top of the morning to your faith and be gory, Matushla, Glockamora, and the House of Murphy to you. Wait a minute, what is all this? You know, this is St. Patrick's Day and I'm celebrating. Well, wait a minute, what are you wearing that is green? Well, that's the old solid gold watch you gave me for Christmas. <laughs> now that you mention that watch, Costello, I bought that in Ireland. I know it, Abbott. Listen to the watch. No, half past Barry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Cut this out, Costello. Where have you been all afternoon? Well, Abbott, see, I went to a picture show over in Hollywood Boulevard. I saw a wonderful picture called When the Howling Coyotes Meet the Riders of the Purple Sage on a Lone Prairie Under a Texas Moon. What's the picture about? Two jockeys in Santa Anita. <laughs> I met a beautiful blonde in the theater, and I said to her, Miss, you are the epitome of womanhood. And the graceful, flowing lines of your gorgeous figure are the flawless perfection of femininity. <laughs> femininity! I heard it, I heard it. I like the word. Femininity! All right, all right. Said it. Where did you learn so much about women? I read that small print on a corset ad. <laughs> I say, did you take this girl home? Yes, when I was kissing her in the hall, I accidentally stuck my thumb in an electric light socket in the wall. And what happened? That girl is now a stoplight on the corner of Sunset and La Brea. How a girl could ever go out with you? Uh, with you, a uh, stupid, illiterate, clumsy... Just a minute, Abbott, I'm not stupid. 
You're not stupid. Oh, no. You can't even recite the alphabet. Yeah, well, listen to this. A, B, C, 1, D, E, F, 2, G, H, I, 3, J, K, L, 4. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you saying the alphabet that way? Because I learned it off a telephone dial. (laughs) Costello, were you born an imbecile? No. What I am today, I owe to my mother. Get him out of here! Cut out that yelling. Cut it out. I love you so, Abby. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? Yes. My mother wants to thank you for that St. Patrick's Day present you sent her. She says it's the cutest little washing machine she ever had. Washing machine? Mm. Yeah, dummy, that's a mix master. You know, I thought it was funny. Every time she put in a tablecloth, she got back 12 napkins. (laughs) What did you give your mother for St. Patrick's Day, Lou? Well, I gave her that garbage disposal that I want on Stop the Music. You want, you want a garbage disposal on Stop the Music? Yeah, they're wonderful people on the show, Abbott. They not only gave me the garbage disposal, they also gave me a five-year supply of garbage. <laughs> Castelli, you've got to stop hanging around these quiz shows. You're just wasting your time. No, I am not. Yes, you are. I was on a new quiz show last week, and it's a California Frost Warning show. The Frost Warning Show has a quiz show? What's the name of it? Stop the Weather. (laughs) You should have seen the prizes they had. 50 tons of star-kissed tuna. A smudge pot for every female member of your family. A thousand sets of general squeegee tires. A pool table for every room in your house. A carload of strong, hot dog food. A package of lifesavers. All the iodine your family can drink for one year. (laughs) Your entire house is decorated with flypaper. 500 pounds of coffee from Brazil and a beautiful senorita to have breakfast with you for the rest of your life and serve you the Brazilian coffee. Who won all this? I did, but I had to turn it down. Why? You know I don't drink coffee. I... (laughs) Why, does coffee keep you awake, Lou? No, but it helps. talking like an idiot. Because idiots go around talking like me. (laughs) Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Remember, I'm working with you. You want these people to go out of here thinking that I'm a jerk? Why not? That's the way they came in. (laughs) That's a fine way to talk to me. That's gratitude. After all the things I did for you. What things? Remember the time you got locked in the cellar and couldn't get out? Yes. Who Who fed and took care of your dog for three weeks? You did. Who pushed food through a little window to you all the time you were locked in there? You did. And last March, when you disappeared, nobody heard from you. Nobody knew where you were, and nobody had the slightest idea where to locate you. Who finally found you? The man from the income tax. (laughs) I don't blame them for looking for you. I I hope you send in your tax return this year. I certainly did, Abbott. Every American could send in his income tax to Washington. They should do that. It's the patriotic thing to do. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. And besides, they watch you too close. <laughs> I hope you filled out your estimated uh, return for next year. What's that? Well, that's the part of the income tax uh, blank where it says uh, estimated income for 1949. They want you to guess how much you're going to make next year. Oh, sure, I filled that out and I sent it in, but I didn't sign my name to it. 
Well, you idiot, if you didn't sign it, how will they know who it's from? Abbott, if they want me to guess how much I'm going to make next year, then let them guess who sent it in. <laughs> and if they don't stop raising the income taxes, it's going to break up the whole country. What do you mean? Well, at the last session of Congress, they took a vote, and I'm proud to say that California was voted the state most likely to secede. <laughs> oh, forget about the income tax You know, today is St. Patrick's Day St. Patrick's Day was caused by income tax What do you mean? Everyone pays their income tax on the 15th of March, don't they? Right Then two days later, on the 17th of March, people march in parades all over the country Well, what have people marching on St. Patrick's Day got to do with uh, the income tax? Don't you get it? They have to march They ain't got enough money left to ride <laughs> Uncle Louie, Uncle Louie Hey, Uncle Louie <laughs> it's Abbott's nephew, folks Sincerely, it is What are you so excited about, Norman? Well, I just rushed over here, Uncle Louie To tell you that they finally caught those two guys What two guys? The two guys that voted to raise President Truman's salary <laughs> I gotta set a trap for that <laughs> There's a smart kid, Abbott they learned, he, <laughs> he learned to skate before he could walk Oh, that's silly How could Norman learn to skate before he could walk? He had to When he was born, he was so ugly That his folks kept him locked in the icebox you want to be careful what you say about Norman Remember, he's a pretty tough kid And he comes from a tough neighborhood He comes from a tough neighborhood? Yeah Abbott, the neighborhood I come from in Patterson, New Jersey Was so tough That when I was going to school If we saw a kid on my block with teeth We were sure one thing uh, what was that? He was either a stranger in the neighborhood Or he was wearing upper and lower plates <laughs> Oh, you aren't so tough, Costello Why, for two cents I'd punch you in the nose I beg your pardon? For two cents, I'd punch you in the nose, myself. Oh, yeah? Yes. Go ahead and see what happens. Okay. Well? See what happened? It's bleeding. <laughs> well, I'm glad I punched you in the nose. You had it coming to you. When I was at your house last night, your brother Pat accused me of stealing a bottle of champagne. You're the most honest man I know. Well, thank you, Costello. Makes my blood boil to hear people talk that way about you. I'll find anybody to even insinuate that you're dishonest. Gosh, Lou, I'm sorry I punched you in the nose. You're a real pal. Well, let's have a drink on our friendship, huh? Okay. Well, uh, uh, what will you have? How about opening that bottle of champagne that you stole of my brother? <laughs> uh, Costello, I, I, I haven't got the champagne. Oh, drank it all up, eh? <laughs> I didn't take the champagne. All your brother Pat has got uh, is circumstantial evidence, Lou. It's no use, Abbott. It's written all over your face. What's written all over my face? I don't know. I can't read. I... <laughs> I'm discussing with you. I'm going to leave you and I'll leave California. I can't stand this weather anyway. Well, Abbott, there's nothing wrong with the weather in California. The California weather is very healthy. It's the people that get sick. <laughs> all right, that is the first portion of the Abbott and Costello show going back to uh, March 17th, 1949. And uh, some uh, references there to the St. Patrick's Day holiday approaching, as they say. That's right. We're going to continue that approach uh, on our uh, next hour with Beat the Host, all about St. Patrick's Day. So yeah. we're going to stay in the uh, 
green mode here. You know, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and there's a lot of uh, festivities, and, you know, you do drink a lot of Roma wines there. I saw you bring in two gal- two gallons. Well, that may not be the... Do you drink something different for St. Patrick's Day? No, you change I... it up? Like... No, I'm not a beer kind of a gal. I'm going to stick with the What about, like, wine, uh, peppermint schnapps or something oh, like gosh, that? Oh, gosh, no. I'm no. going to stick with the red the wine, and, and I'm happy. Roma wines. Hey, folks, uh, just a reminder, all five hours of our program is sent to those who subscribe to our Hollywood 360 show. All five hours are emailed to you every Monday when you subscribe. And you also get our full podcast of Radio Rarities. And that is a program that Lisa and I co-host. And we talk about a very unique classic radio show. You get some really amazing shows on Radio Rarities. So if you want to subscribe... To get our podcast, all five hours sent to you every Monday, go to our website, which is Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. Or you can call our number, and uh, if an operator doesn't answer, leave your return phone number. Someone will call you back, 815-900-7535. That is 815-900-7535. We'd love you to... Be a uh, podcast subscriber. Get the full five-hour show. A lot of our stations don't carry the full five hours. And um, you can always reach out to your station and say, hey, we love the show. Can you start playing all five hours? But until that happens, subscribe and get an email sent to you each and every Monday. All right, more of Hollywood 360 coming your way. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. One of my heroes, Lisa, is a man named William F. Buckley Jr. You might remember him as the host of Firing Line on PBS. He hosted it for more than three decades. Anyway, Buckley got his start as founder of the magazine National Review back in 1955. And even back then, we had problems with sensationalistic, sloppy journalism, and he thought Americans deserved a serious conservative voice in the public square. National Review was the answer to that problem, and they are continuing that legacy today. We're proud to be partnering with National Review here at Hollywood 360. More than 65 years later, they are still committed to producing serious journalism from a conservative perspective. If you're looking for a serious news source grounded in America's founding principles, We have a special offer for our Hollywood 360 listeners. Whether you like to read online or prefer a good magazine in your hands, you can start reading today 
by going to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for 60% off any subscription. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Take advantage of a 60% off of your subscription offer. All right, Lisa, we're listening to Abbott and Costello. And before we get back to it, I do want to remind all of our listeners that Mies Meals are back. And we have to look at what we're going to order because Lisa right. and I and Mike order every single week from Mies Meals. We absolutely love Mies Meals. And you need to try it, folks, out there in Radio Land. In fact, Mies Meals will deliver to about 90% of the United States of America. And they have a very special limited time offer for our Hollywood 360 listeners. It's a 50% off order the first time you order from Mies Meals. Now, when you go to MiesMeals.com, that's M-E-E-Z Meals.com, you will see all kinds of amazing, delicious dishes for you to order for the upcoming week. Now, these come to you all chopped and sliced and prepped and ready to cook. It takes about 20 minutes to cook them. But I'm telling you, your family will think you are a gourmet chef. Right. So you have all the ingredients all ready to be prepared. You have a little recipe card that makes it easy even for me to follow along. And you end up with really restaurant quality and really exciting new recipes that you normally would make at home. I'm looking at the menu for next week. We've got, um, oh, what a variety of things. We have, let's see, toasted gnocchi. We have chicken franchesa. We have salmon cakes and um, yellow curry rice bowl, shrimp pad thai. Uh, there's Ooh, a, ste- a steak that's, on that's here that I, I can't pronounce. Um, so there are all sorts of... You know it's good when you can't pronounce it. Right? It's, right? it's very French, right? Yeah. So they're really exciting menu options with really easy recipe cards and ingredients all ready for you. So yeah. something you really should try. I know we all love it. We really think that you will too. Yeah, and there's also desserts and all oh, kinds yeah. of you know appetizers. You name it, they have it at Mies Meals. Now, don't forget, folks, check it out. Mies, M-E-E-Z, meals.com, and enter the promo code CARL at checkout to save 50% off your first order. I want everybody listening to at least go to their website, check it out, just see how, I mean, this company has been around a long time. They know how to do it right, and everything, I've never had a meal that I didn't absolutely love from Mies Meals. We've been getting it for, Mm -hmm. I would say, over a year now, right? right? Well over a year. Right. And the other thing I wanted to mention is if you have a dietary restriction, they can work with you. There's a carb conscious option and gluten free options and vegetarian options. And so this is really great for those who have specific needs like I do. <laughs> yep. There are uh, there are official food sponsor here on Hollywood 360. <laughs> and the food is amazing. Go to Mies, M-E-E-Z meals dot com. Promo code Carl at checkout. Save 50 percent off your order. Can't wait to order. Uh, Michael probably get meat. I'll get something with chicken, and you'll get some kind of vegetarian. See dish. how it works out, <laughs> <laughs> and a little dessert is always nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, we're listening to Abbott and Costello, a good broadcast going back to March seventeenth, nineteen forty-nine. Here's some more laughs. Mr. Costello, Mr. Costello, I have a message here for you from your Aunt May. What is it, my good man? Your Aunt May said to tell you that your Uncle Mike swallowed a half dollar and it's stuck in his throat, and he's choking to death, and she wants you to come over Sunday and help get it out. Well, if he's choking to death, Anna, why is she going to wait till Sunday to take it out? Well, she figures she won't need the money till then. (laughs) 
If Gabriel Heater is listening in, there's all jokes tonight. That was another one of Abbott's relatives, folks. Hey, Abbott, why don't you go right through with the deal and get your wife on the show? You, you mean you'd like to have my wife on the show? I'd welcome her with relish. Why with relish? Because she's got a shape like a hot dog. <laughs> she has not. My wife has a gorgeous figure. Not another one like it. When they made her, they threw them all away. Yes, some guy found it, and he's been making ash cans ever since. <laughs> Costello, I'll have you know that my wife has been offered a job at Earl Carroll. What's the matter with the scrub woman they got now? I... <laughs> scrub woman? They want her to appear in the finale of the show wearing a bathing suit. And when my wife wears a bathing suit, she attracts plenty of attention. I'll say she does. She was floating on her back in the water at Santa Monica last Sunday and three Catalina flying boats landed on her chest. Well, hello, boys. Well, hello. Oh, hello, Viola Vine. Viola Vine, Lou. Gee, Viola, I'm glad you came over tonight. How's about you and I stepping out after the show? You can come with me to the dog show. You're going to the dog show? Yes, and I expect to win a blue ribbon with my setter. Costello, from where I'm standing, you can't miss. Did it again All right, Costello Calm down She's only fooling Oh, Lou Don't be so touchy I you... can't help it Gee, you're really... oh, oh, Come on you, you know I'm really crazy about you Oh, if you <laughs> Yes, I am And to prove it I'm going to take you to the opera next week Now, Monday night They're playing Hansel and Gretel Tuesday night They're having Samson and Delilah Wednesday night They're having Tristan and Isolde What night would you like to go? The night they're having Spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> Spaghetti and meatballs. That's the trouble with you. You know nothing about opera, nothing about culture. <laughs> Mr. Abbott is right. You need more culture. You should become literary, But Well, gee, Viola, I, I always try. <laughs> Look, read good books. Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> books are your best friend. Don't lose your place, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're lonely, pick up a book. When you feel like stepping out at night, don't do it. Pick up a book. When you feel like going out with a girl... Pick up a book. <sighs> well, so long. I've got to go now. I've got a date with Gregory Peck. Uh, Viola Vaughn, after all those things you got through telling me about how wonderful books are, you're going out with a man? Sure, I'm lucky. I never learned to read. <laughs> <laughs> so long, Catherine. And now the spotlight turns to how winters our singing star. Here he is with Matty Malnick and his orchestra. Now Clancy was a peaceful man, if you know what I mean. The cops picked up the pieces after Clancy left the scene. He never looked for trouble, that's a fact you can assume. But nevertheless, when trouble would press, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy, oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. O'Leary was a fighting man, they all knew he was tough. He strutted round the neighborhood, a shooting off his guff. He picked a fight with Clancy, then and there he sealed his doom. Before you could shout, oh, Lily, look out! Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy! Oh, that Clancy! Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Mulroon 
he walked into the bar and ordered up a round. He left his drink to telephone and Clancy drank it down. Mulrooney said, who drunk me drink? I'll lay him in his tomb. Before you could pat the top of your hat, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy, oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. Hand delivered ice to Mrs. Clancy's flat. He'd always linger for a while to talk of this and that. One day he kissed her just as Clancy walked into the room. Before you could say the time of the day, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy! Oh, that Clancy! Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. Clancy lowered the boom. All right, all right. Quiet. You know how Lucas got a nice voice, that kid? I know all about it. He's going places. I know it. In fact, he just left the building now. All right, Costello, come on out of here. Look. Who were you talking to on the phone? My Uncle Mike. Boy, is he in trouble. My Aunt May just threw him out of the house. She'd done a terrible thing. What'd he do? Well, you know them two towels they got marked his and hers? Yes. Well, he used hers. Right. <laughs> Costello, I'm ashamed of you. How can you come out here in front of intelligent people and make such a statement? You want everybody to think you're a moron? Well, if I didn't, I wouldn't have a tattooed on my arm, would I? Well, never mind that. Our secretary... Viola Vaughn has been complaining about you, too. Well, I don't believe it, Abbott. Viola and I are good neighbors. She lives right next door to me, and we're very friendly. Costello, Viola would make a nice wife for you. Her folks are very rich, and you should do all you can to win her. Not me, Abbott. Her family's too snooty. Yesterday, her mother was driving along in a 1949 Hudson, and... Her 1949 Hudson? Why, just last week, she bought a 1948 Hudson. I know, but she had to get rid of it. The ashtrays were full. Anyway, I don't need to marry no rich girl. I'm making plenty of money in my detective business. Hello. What is your Sam Shovel detective mystery about that? Well, it's a very intriguing case, Abbott. I call it the case of the cannibal who cooked the long-haired musician, or it was his first square meal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds terrible, but let's do it. Yes, I'm Sam Shovel. Sam Shovel, private detective. He needs help tonight. I just left the locker room of the gym of the YAMCA. I'm walking to my little office. I think I'm being followed. I hear footsteps behind me. I quicken my pace. Whoever is following me has quickened his pace. I decide to dart into the alley. <laughs> A sinister-looking man ducked in the alley with me. I decide to run. Stop, Sam. Shovel, Stop. Listen, you, what's the idea of following me? Who's following you? When you left the locker room, you buttoned my suspenders to the back of your pants. <laughs> Anything is liable to happen to you in this business. I arrive at my office. The floor is all covered with fallen leaves. There are twigs all over the floor. This is my branch office. <laughs> I remember when I started this business in 1928, I didn't have a penny to my name. My clothes were shabby, my shoes were full of holes. That was in 1928. Then a horrible thing happened. In 1929, the depression hit me and I lost everything. (laughs) 
That's long enough. I pick up the phone. Hello? Who there? Boo-hoo. Huh? Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Oh, don't cry. Things ain't so bad. <laughs> it's times like this that I wish my bar Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad was here. There's a real cop. When he goes after a crook, he leaves no stone unturned. He never caught anybody, but he's turned over every stone in Los Angeles. <laughs> Abbott is quite a talker. Every time he opens his mouth, he puts his foot in it. One day, while he was sitting with his foot in his mouth, the chief hit him over the head. <laughs> Abbott sat right down and wrote a big song hit, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Toes. <laughs> Lieutenant Abbott is used to getting hit on the head. He's got so many stitches in his head that he has to comb his hair with knitting needles. <laughs> Hello, Sam Shovel. It's my pal, Lieutenant Abbott. Sam, you look mighty tired. I am, Lieutenant. <laughs> Every day I have all the weight of this office in my lap. You mean you have all the weight of this office on your shoulders? No, my secretary won't sit on my shoulders. <laughs> Besides, I ain't been feeling so good. I got punk toothbrush. No, you mean... You got pink toothbrush. No, I mean punk toothbrush. The bristles are all falling out. <laughs> Doc said, Sam, I've been looking for you. Where were you all day? Driving around Beverly Hills. Oh, I love to drive around Beverly Hills. So do I. You hit a better class of pedestrians up there. <laughs> you were there on a case, I presume? Yes, a real clever crook. He's the only guy I ever saw who would work both ends against the middle and get away with it. What does he do? Plays the accordion. Enough of this chit-chat, Sam. You're in plenty of trouble. Uh, you were responsible for sending a machine gun magoon to prison and his mall. Dangerous Dorothy has sworn to get you. Yes, Dangerous Dorothy, the most beautiful gun mall in the racket. Lieutenant, you say that Dorothy was sworn to get me? Yes. Well, I got news for you. She can have me. <laughs> ah, so there you are. Don't move, coppers. These guns are loaded. Sam, it's her. Dangerous Dorothy. Lieutenant Abbott, I'm going to kill you. Please don't kill me, Dorothy. I'm too young to die. I, I beg you. I beg of you on bonded knees. Not bonded knees. You're wrong. That's bended knees. He's right. With all the stuff he guzzles, his knees are bonded. <laughs> please, Dorothy, don't shoot me. Please, please. Lieutenant Abbott, I'm ashamed of you. Groveling on your knees like a sniveling coward. Be like me. I'll tell her a thing or... Sam Shovel, I'm going to kill you, too. <clears throat> now, what were you going to say? Abbott, you're taking up the whole floor. Move over, give me more room to kneel down. <laughs> Dorothy, please spare us. We'll do anything to make, to make amends. Anything you say. Yes, Dorothy, you shouldn't be mad at me. I think you're beautiful. Come on, let you and me kiss and make up. What do you mean, kiss and make up? We just met. Well, let's kiss and make up for all the time we lost. <laughs> Well, I don't know. My boyfriend, Machine Gun Magoon's in prison. And I am kind of lonesome. Viola, why not let Sam cheer you up? He's quite a lover, you know. How good would you say you are, Sam? You know, in my mob, we rate the guys according to the number of girls that are crazy about him. If a guy's got six girls crazy about him, he's called a cannon. Five girls, he's a shotgun. Two girls, he's a revolver. Well, Sam, how do you stack up? Shake hands with a water pistol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
damn, you're cute. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you could be the guy to take Magoon's place. I'm going to give you a chance. Come here. What are you going to do? I'm going to kiss you a couple of times. How's uh, that? That's what I call a hydromatic kiss. A hydromatic kiss? Yes, she went from first to second without shifting. <laughs> Sam, I think you got her. Huh? I think you got her, Sam. Yeah, Play up to her and, and she may not kill us. Dorothy, if I can make you forget Magoon, will you spare our lives? Sam, I'll accept your proposition. If you can give me a kiss that'll make me forget Magoon, I won't shoot you. Uh, and you won't shoot me either. It's a deal. Sam. Sam, I'm the pen. That's me. Excuse me. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Sam, I'm depending on you. Put everything you got into this kiss. It means our lives. Don't worry, Lieutenant. They don't call me love lips, Sam, for nothing. Come here, Dorothy. <laughs> Well, Dorothy, what do you think? Ladies and gentlemen... Wait a minute, just a minute. Two shots, please. That's right. <laughs> He's just going to kill me off alone. He goes with me. <laughs> now, Viola. <laughs> it says here, two loud shots. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear a detective show next week, tune into the fat man, Ellery Queen, or this is your FBI. Oh, you get out of here, will you? Well, Costello, that was quite an interesting case you did tonight. Uh, Would you like to tell the folks what your Sam Shovel case was for, uh, case for next week is about? He really got you, didn't he? Folks, uh, what's your Sam Shovel case for next week is about? Yeah, yes, I would. That's fine. <laughs> Folks, next week I will do a murder story. I call it the case of the young bride who set fire to her 60-year-old husband's beard, or there's no fuel like an old fuel. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, folks, and our writers are working on it now. Our writing staff is headed by Eddie Foreman with Paul Conlon, Pat Costello, Martin Ragaway, and Len Stern. A sound man, I don't know. Our <laughs> <laughs> producer is Charles Bender. Be sure to be with us next Thursday. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody in Patterson. Good night. Good night. Listen each Thursday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station. All right, there you have it. That is the Abbott and Costello Show going back to March 17th. 1949 about Abbott Lou Costello. Good St. Patty's Day show there, Lisa. Ooh, I like that. I always after me lucky charms. Right, there we go. Back to the delicious. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) They had some uh, great uh, writers on that show. 
and a terrific uh, supporting cast. Ken Niles doing the uh, doing the announcing. I hope you enjoyed the Bud Abbott and Lou Costello show. All right, time for this month in music history. We're going back to the 1960s. Let's hear the first song. Round, round, get around, I get around. I get around. That's the Beach Boys. Yep. Right? Yeah, Beach Boys. That's I Get Around by Brian Wilson and Mike Love for the Beach Boys, released in 1964. A good year. Somebody I know was was born that year. year. Somebody named Lisa Wolf <laughs> yeah, was born that year. Yeah, you keep telling me. It became the group's first number one charting song in the U.S. And in 2017, I Get Around was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. You know, I get around. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I get around. I know you do. All right, let's take a quick break. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. If you'd like to gift your pastor uh, or small group leader, visit pastorbox.com and use I Love My Pastor for $25 off each quarterly shipment. And hey, you know what, Lisa? Next hour, we're going to listen to Have Gun, Will Travel, and we're going to play Beat the Host, but we can't take any callers. We have technical difficulties. Right. So it's going to be St. Patrick's Day trivia with you, Carl. You're just going to be beating yourself up a little bit. Oh, okay. Be right back. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.